0: this is Mike McNamara. This show is for folks who want to get more educated about their financial affairs. We figure that's just about everyone listening. If you have a financial advisor, hopefully our discussions will make you feel that you're being well cared for. If you don't have a financial advisor, hopefully our discussions will be helpful to you in finding a good one. By the way, we think everyone should have an independent financial advisor who is a certified financial planner practitioner and who at all times acts as a fiduciary on behalf of their clients. That means always acting in the client's best interest. Always. That is our humble and biased opinion. McNamara Financial Services is an independent financial planning and money management firm with offices in Marshfield and Chelmsford, Massachusetts. You're listening
1: to McNamara on Money, the South Shore's very own financial talk radio show. My name is Kirk Reed. Uh, I'm joined this morning by Mike McNamara. Uh, good morning, Mike. Good morning. All right. So today, the topic or the
0: title of the show. You have to have a, a sexy title. I, uh, yeah, no, I like. Yes. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, so the title is Your Investments Be Brave or Be Poor. You know, you got to do something catchy. That, that, I, I think that's the hook, right? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that's the hook. Yeah, uh, that's the hook. All right, so <laughs> you know, in, in the in the news these days, uh, well, inflation, right, is a big is a big topic. Yeah. Uh, inflation is very high. Um, you know, it was it was high last year. We're having another high year this year. People are are feeling that. Um, You know, interest rates are are starting to climb, uh, and that's been having, uh, you know, been having a a negative uh, effect on bonds. Uh, And so that's that's a big that's a part that's the show that we're talking about today.
0: It'll be part of it for sure. Yes,
1: how bonds have been uh, sort of been uh, taking a taking a hit uh, as as a result of the the rising rates. Um, But we're going to talk about why why maybe that should still be part of your part of your plan, depending on your situation, Yep. Uh, but maybe why you want to have some other stuff in there too, to help, uh, to help
0: counteract that. Yeah. Um, like the big picture is we want to spend some time talking about risk, you know, brave versus whatever. Um, when it comes to investing, there are a bunch of risks. We're going to talk about, I think what are the four major ones here for the entire show, but a couple of them, People don't really think about very much. And by the way, I think those are the important ones. And a couple of them people think about all the time. And <clears throat> excuse me, it's not like you can make them go away, but you can certainly reduce them and kind of fit them into your life and hopefully your comfort level. So I kind of want to get, you know, it's a risk discussion, which is certainly related to how much money you may decide to try to make in your portfolio or how much money you may need to make in your portfolio, okay? All right. So you ready? hmm All righty. So we need to go over some definitions before we get into the weeds here in terms of some of the odds and ends. So total return. <coughs> Excuse me, folks. Okay, so when, when you invest your money, there are two ways that you can make money with investments. One is income and one is growth or capital appreciation. So let me give you an example. If you purchase an individual stock, which would be an unwise decision for most folks listening to us, that stock might have a dividend. It might pay $2 per quarter per share or something like that. Well, that income that it generates is part of your return. You get to enjoy that sort of a thing. Uh, And then while you're doing that, you kind of hope that that share price of the stock that you bought kind of goes higher over time that would be growth or capital appreciation so so in the investment world okay we always are concerned about what we call total return okay which is for many investments a combination of both of those but not necessarily some investments could just produce income some investments could just hopefully produce growth and some investments have a combination of the two of them sort of a thing but when you're an investor okay the the thing that you're concerned about is your total return and it's a combination of the two from most cases you know we if you have a diversified portfolio of stuff folks you probably have some stock mutual funds in there that pay some dividends and hopefully grow you probably have some bond mutual funds in there that pay some income and hopefully don't don't uh, shrink and will just kind of stay the same and you know while you're working your way towards retirement you take all that, those dividends and interest and you put it back in the portfolio you know, to, to, to make it bigger, sort of a thing. Uh, and then when you're retired, then you figure out ways to take that money. So it, it's very important that you understand that Total return is a combination of the two of those. And total return is what you're looking for. Okay, so, so one other like example here. Um, if you have a portfolio of stocks and bonds, and I'm being generic here, but that's okay, folks. I need to do that to kind of make the example. If you had like a, a 60% stock, 40% bond mixture of stuff, which we think is a pretty good way to approach it, uh, well, in, in, in that mixture... Uh, you, you've got different things going on all the time. Okay. And yeah, we're, we, you know, we would be reinvesting those dividends and back into the portfolio. But when you retire, the game kind of changes. Okay. Okay. On the portfolios that we manage and, and folks, I'm just being generic and we know better or worse than anybody else who manages money as far as you're concerned listening to us here. Okay. Um, the, the, the yield on our 60, 40 portfolios that like the income is like what, two, two and a half percent. something. Two and a half, although it started yeah. to creep up a little yeah. bit yeah. recently yeah. Okay, with, good. With, okay. with interest rate changes. Right, so, yep. so you've got this mixture of stocks and bonds folks and you're Total return. Okay, your your dividends, your income component is two and a half percent. Well, I have a newsflash for you. Uh, we know a lot of pretty motivated investors, uh, and most of those folks are taking more than just the income that's generated in their portfolio. How, how many folks could live on two and a half percent? Well, that's right you know map, that's right? what
1: I, you know. Sometimes people. They, they want to be able to live on just the dividends yeah. you know they say you know hey I just want to be able to live off of the income that yeah. these investments provide and, and that way I don't have to worry about seeing the the capital yeah. or the principal shrink yeah. um, and that's a great concept that's the, yeah great. That's, right. that's a great concept that, but it doesn't you, work out that way well you've got the- you've <laughs> got to have a pretty big chunk of money yep, in order that. in order for the percentages yeah. to, to be enough to, to
0: make it to make it work yeah and, and most and by the way maybe some folks, Think that way, but most people think, "How much money do I need?" They don't translate it into it. But, but, folks, I, I, my only point is that in in today's world, if you had what we think is like a reasonable mixture of stocks and bonds for a retired couple, you know, your income is probably two, two and a half, m- maybe three percent out of the portfolio. And I have news flash for you. Most people need more than that. Well, where do you get the rest from? Well, I guess that better be from a growth component, because if mm-hmm. you don't have that growth component, uh, well, things you know things start to happen. I mean, as an example, today, if you walked out across the street and, and bought a 30-year treasury bond, today it's just a little over or around 3%. Okay? Well, if, if you can live on a 3% income for the rest of your life, adjusted for inflation and taxes, we'll get to that in a yeah. Folks, yeah. congratulations! But you know we know a lot of motivated people, and a lot of them can't do that because they need more than just the income component, folks. So, so when you invest, I guess the the macroeconomic point that I'd like to make here is that you know, you need to earn money and it's probably going to be just more than the income that you get from your portfolio. Okay. Uh, and if it is only the income, you, you, life might be difficult and not what you planned in retirement. I just kind of leave it at that. Okay. So that's total return. Any, any comments on that before I
1: move on? Total return. Uh, no, I mean, I was actually just having that same conversation with the client the other day. He yeah. was looking at a particular fund and saying, hey, you know, the, uh, you know, the dividends on here are maybe less than he was expecting, yeah. you know, over, over the past, you know, six months or so. Yeah. And I, and so I was having that conversation about, well, okay, but that's, but that's only, that's only part of the story. Yeah. You, know, you also have to look it's at. It's
0: hopefully only part right, of the story. Right, Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, you yeah. have, you have to look at, well, how, you know, how have the, the price of the shares changed over time, hopefully for the better. And, and again, that's one of those things where you can't just look at six months. Sometimes you got to look a lot longer because six months could be really good or it could be really bad. Uh, and so you need to, you need to step back and and look at a longer time frame to hopefully to, and then look at both of those components, put them together and say, okay, my total
0: return is this. And that's, and that's, that's what we're at going after. Yep. So, so by the way, so the, so the total return, is just like the start, okay? That's the first thing you need to understand. Now, we have to get to real return, okay? And this is a biggie, folks, okay? So, um, if your total return was five percent, I'm making up a number, uh, and if, if that turns out to be, to, to keep it simple, a year from a bond or $5,000 a year from a CD, whatever, if if your total return is 5%, well, I I have a newsflash for you, folks. You don't get to keep all of that, okay? Uh, And and it's it's pretty simple, but it's not something a lot of folks think about. So if you were to take $5,000 out of your retirement plan, there's this little thing called taxes, okay, that you have to pay, and you get to keep what's left only after you pay taxes okay so so my point the first half of my point is that your total return is 5 but what you get to keep of that kind of depends on two things that a lot of people don't Either, they might think about it, but they don't do the math and say, "Ooh, ooh this is like a problem yeah, sort of yeah, thing." Okay, yeah. so, so you know, j- just as a really simple <laughs> example, and it's really tough to do math over the radio. Okay, but so if you had five thousand dollars that came out of your IRA, and if you're in the twenty percent tax bracket, you know, uh, five to Massachusetts, fifteen to, to to the federal government, well, the five thousand is four thousand. Okay, so so you might have earned five percent, but you got to keep after taxes four percent. Right. Okay, period. Right. Okay. Well, there's one other subtraction you have to do from your total return and that happens to be inflation, mm. and nobody ever does that math. You complain about it, and you see it, and you and you experience it, but you don't do the math when it comes to investing. Okay, so so let, let's let's stick with that magical investment that you spend a hundred thousand dollars. They guarantee you five thousand dollars a year. Okay, and we'll just work with that, which is a five yep. percent return. Okay. Well, all right. So so I started with five. I ended up with four. Okay, so that's a, after tax. I got to keep eighty percent of what I earned. Yeah. Okay, well, okay. So let's let's use a five percent inflation number. I don't know if that's low or high these days. It's probably low considering the current number. You know, these days, yeah. yeah, it's
1: somewhere somewhere in the ballpark. Yeah, but okay. It's, but it's yeah, high to, versus history.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. To, to keep the math simple. Yeah. Okay, let's just use five percent. So, and there's two sneaky parts about inflation. We, we'll talk about the income that you're getting. And the and, and but then we'll talk about the capital that you invested, okay? Because inflation affects both of those, okay? But nobody really kind of mm. thinks about that. So so wait a minute. Oh, I've got my five thousand dollars, which is four thousand dollars, okay? Um, if we have five percent inflation for the next twelve months, well then five percent of four thousand bucks is quick. What? Yeah. Okay. Uh, see. Four thousand is it's two hundred bucks, basically. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, right? yeah. Okay. So, so it, it, a year from now, yeah. okay. Even though you got the four thousand, it spends like thirty eight hundred. It, it spends like thirty eight hundred. Right. Okay. So, so on the income component, okay, and people see that probably more so than the capital component. But on the income component, in one year. Inflation shrunk your ability to buy stuff with your money, and by the way, money 's only as worth as much as you can buy with it yeah. sort of a thing, uh, but did did we sit down and do the math at the end of the year about that and say, whoops whoopsie, probably yeah. not yeah. right okay and and then here like here 's another part of inflation it 's cumulative folks okay uh, if if the first year you know your your four thousand dollars bought thirty eight hundred bucks worth of stuff. The next year, it's a little bit, well, what was it? It's a little less than 200 because the money shrank. Right, it, right. But, but figure, you, you, you're losing a couple of hundred bucks a year yeah. in terms of what, what your money can buy. Yeah, but that's at okay. 5%, which, yeah. is, which is hopefully I, I, I extreme. I understand. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah. It, it is. But, yeah. but the, the, the point I want to make, I'm not yeah. trying to scare anybody, I'm just, yeah. but the point is, even if it's 3%, Let's see, if we have 3% inflation for 10 years, did I miss something or did your money shrink by 30% or if not more over it? Cumulatively, yeah. Whatever, yeah. okay. Yeah. Uh, and then, so, so on the income, every year it buys a little bit less, okay, after taxes and inflation. And it doesn't get better, and it's cumulative. Okay, that's it. Okay, right. Right. so 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 that's the kind of the nasty part about inflation. Well, but that's only on your income. It gets worse. Okay, when you think about your capital. Okay, so let's see. You spent uh, put a hundred thousand dollars in your magical investment that's guaranteed to give you five percent. Okay, <clears throat> and let's say that. Uh, that's a cd in a bank i'm I'm making this up folks, just to just to illustrate a point okay you got a hundred thousand dollar cd it pays you a guaranteed no risk five percent for the next 10 years okay okay well okay so maybe you're thinking a little bit about your income because it buys a little bit less but you're not thinking about your cd okay okay so let's pretend for a moment that that hundred thousand dollar magical C D investment is always exactly a hundred thousand dollars. Which it it is if you mm-hmm. if you get your bank statement every year for the next five years, mm-hmm. it says a hundred thousand dollars. Well well, but if we have three percent inflation, okay. Here, I'm getting at my calculator. Let me borrow your calculator. <laughs> okay, actually, okay. But, so yeah. See that? I'm glad <laughs> you'd like this old calculator. But anyway, so uh, let's see a uh, hundred thousand dollars. If I check my statement a year from now after 3% inflation, it spends like $97,000. Okay, so so because the 3% you didn't think about that. The statement said a hundred thousand bucks when you get it, but right. but it bought ninety-seven thousand dollars worth of stuff the next year. Right. Okay. What, what are you What are you doing there? What are you thinking? Well, <laughs> I was just trying to see if I can. Get... And it's cumulative; it doesn't get better. And it's not exactly perfect. It kind of it goes faster than just simple interest every year. Compounds actually. Yeah. So actually,
1: I don't know if I can do a reverse yeah. a reverse on there. Yeah, that, that's to, okay. Yeah.
0: But 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 my the the big point is, folks, that inflation is kind of tucking it to you two different ways. Okay, you might think a little bit about what the income is buying, but you don't think about that $100,000 until they give it back to you 10 years from now, Right? okay? And you have to ask yourself, well, wait a minute, this isn't buying the same amount of stuff in my life that it did when I put this to work. So, you know, and the other thing I was thinking about, I'm getting excited. The other thing I was thinking about is that it's kind of hard to imagine Inflation a risk to investors in addition to taxes yep. going forwards. So I'm going to pick on the car guy here. Okay. Yeah. So, so you're you're nowhere near as old as I am. Okay. But when you were a kiddo, okay. What what was a new car? What whatever Camaro you were looking at when you were twelve or 50. What, what was the cost of a car? When you, when you, well, you, you're in your. I your mean, t- like like I'm forty one. F- forty one. Okay. Well, okay, but I, I mean, right. when, when I when I can I, tell bigger stories than you. But go ahead. It's well, so, so. I
1: remember. I mean, when I was a kid. Yeah. And my parents would be shopping for a car. Yeah, there you go. Okay, and they'd, and they'd be shopping for those boring old sedans. Right? Yeah. Okay. They would, they would usually they would buy something like a like a Toyota Camry. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. And and I because I remember going with them because I liked looking at them sure. and we'd go shopping. You know, we'd go looking together. Yeah. And, uh, and I would say that you know the stuff they were looking at was maybe around like twenty thousand dollars. Okay. You know. Okay. Back, so this yeah. is when you
0: were a kid and you're forty. So this, is, so this yeah. is probably, yeah. you know. Twenty-five yeah. years ago. Yeah. Uh, if you want to Google while I'm making some noise here, yeah. cost of an average new car across the country. I'll bet you it's about thirty-seven thousand bucks. Okay. All right. And and uh, and while you're doing that, so think about this, folks. It's easy to think about inflation when you look backwards. Yeah. You know, uh, twenty thousand then versus Mr. Google, give you an answer on Not that yet? All right. Hang on. I, I know it's in the mid-thirties. No question about it. Okay. Yeah, let's see.
1: Uh, Let's see. The average new car in America sold for $48,000 in June.
0: (laughs) Okay, where we go? Uh, The
1: highest figure on record. Yeah. And the first time the average has crested the $48,000 mark. There you go. That's from kellybluebook.com.
0: So you young whippersnappers who are 40 can tell an inflation story from 20 to 48,000 in the 20 years or 25 years since you were a kid. Folks, that's inflation. Yeah. Okay. Uh, You know, my story is 25 cents a gallon filling up my Honda 50 when I first got a pair of set of wheels yep. way back in high school and it took two or three gallons and you know i, I was able to afford that then i mean but so, so folks the, the the point is so far here here's the i got a couple minutes before we get to the end of the first period here but 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 so if you want to talk about risks in in the investment world okay taxes are absolutely positively one of them okay and inflation is another one okay and and what i like to say when i start talking about by the way we'll get to the scary investment risks that i'm sorry are nowhere near as scary as taxes and inflation but okay if i ask people so are taxes guaranteed to happen for the rest of your life or not Probably, probably. So, uh, no probabilities <laughs> about it. Okay. So, let me think. So, one of those risks is absolutely, positively guaranteed to happen. Okay. Well, how about inflation? Well, not guaranteed, but we've had it for a whole lot of you know pr- yeah. pretty extreme high probability. Yeah, another probably. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, so, so the you know it, we, you need to put these risks in perspective and understand them. Okay.
1: I did do a little <laughs> calculation Good. there. So I found a calculator. So, a hundred thousand dollars in 2022, if I did a, basically I did a minus 5% inflation um, for, you know, per year for the next 10 years, basically your hundred thousand would be worth about $60,000 10 years from now. Okay, so so talking about your CD and you know, what's it worth in 10 years? What do you do with that then? Yeah, exactly. So
0: so let's see, whatever you bought today for a hundred, you get to have 62,000 later. By the way, go go the other way with that. Yeah. Do the how, how much does your money have to grow to stay in the same place? Okay. okay so just 100,000 present value by 5%. So so if you are, if you're taking that money, yeah. okay, folks, and you're 100,000 sitting in that CD, yeah. it buys like 60 Okay, ten years. Now, that's only ten years from now. If you're sixty-five years old and listening to me, you're going to live longer than ten years, folks. Start doing some math. Here right. If you're retired and on a fixed income, which I hope not. Okay, right. sort of a thing. So, what's the present value of that? Uh, say that again. What are, what are you? One hundred thousand dollars. Yep. Change sign. Enter present value. Yep. Okay, ten years. Yep. is the number, and five percent is the interest rate. What you want you? Know the future value? Yeah, future value. Uh, One hundred and sixty-three thousand. All right, so so here's two ways to look at this, folks. Okay, if you your hundred thousand, if you took the five percent and spent it all, spends like sixty. Sounds kind of tough for a retirement strategy to me. Mm-hmm. Okay, and or looked at differently. Okay, if you're not retired, and you're saving for retirement, that hundred thousand has to be worth a hundred and sixty okay, for you to be in the same place, okay, when you retire, okay, those numbers ought to be fairly uh, frightening from a n- number of folks listening to it, but nobody ever does the math. Yeah. By the way, even on taxes, okay, Okay. next time you're having, having some fun with some of your clients, oh, we're going to have to Well, yeah. ask them what the total amount of dollars they paid in taxes last year. Yeah. Federal and state, well I got a thousand back. No, no, no. What did you write a what, check what for? Pay. Okay. Who, who do you think knows? What percentage of people do you think actually know that? And it's in writing. Give it a look. They don't know. Time to take a break, right? All right yep, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. You're listening to McNamara on Money,
1: the South Shore's very own financial talk radio show. Uh, My name is Kirk Reed, uh, joined this morning in the studio by Mike McNamara. Uh, The title of the show is Your Investments, Be Brave or Be Poor. Mm, Yes, very exciting. Uh, (laughs) The first segment we kind of talked about, we talked about, you know, what is total return, and then we started getting into real return, you know, once you start factoring in taxes and inflation, something that people don't always think about. You only get to keep what's left. That's right. That's that's your real return, right? Yep. Uh, af- after everything gets uh, subtracted out. Yep. Um, all right. So we talked about taxes.
0: I don't know if we're done with taxes no, or not. No, I'm, I'm, I'm mostly done with taxes and not yet done with inflation. <laughs> not done with inflation. No. All right, so let's go back to taxes. Okay. For, okay, so folks, if you're just tuning in, it's pretty simple. If you think you, if you have a magical hundred thousand dollar investment that's guaranteed with no risk forever, and if it pays you a guaranteed five thousand dollars per year in income forever, okay. Uh, you know, when you get your $5,000, you don't get $5,000. So, let's pretend that your magical investment's inside your IRA for purposes of this example. Okay, well, when you take your $5,000 out of your IRA, the government has its handout before the check lands in your pocket, okay? Uh, and I'll use a 5% Massachusetts and a 15% federal tax. Okay. And there are a whole lot of people listening to me with higher numbers than that on this radio show. But again, for purposes of an example, my 5,000 bucks is now 4,000 bucks. That's by the way, you can only spend what's left folks. Okay. And what was left us 4,000 bucks. Okay. If we have 5% inflation for the next year, okay, your, your income is going to buy 200 bucks less. Okay. Uh, over the next 12 months, uh, than you planned on. So you really got paid 3,800 bucks. Okay. And so I respectfully submit in the, that very simple example that you thought you earned 5 but you earned 3.8 mm. okay all right so so from a tax point of view i think it's I think it's part of a government conspiracy, okay, to keep us so confused about taxes that we just give up and don't look and don't pay attention, okay? I, tr- tr- truly, okay? I, You know, we know we pay and we complain about it. Everybody I ever met in my office is in a high tax bracket, whether they are or not. So right. <laughs> you, right, right, okay. right. What the,
1: tax bracket again? Yeah. Uh, well, too, too
0: high. Yeah, too high. Too high. Okay. <laughs> but my, my point is that okay, you, you only get to spend what you keep after the governments take their piece and inflation takes its piece. Um, you know, w- w- you know what percentage of people to, to, to my government conspiracy—a uh, tongue-in-cheek, okay? Yes, to, you know, yes. <laughs> don't, we don't want anybody <laughs> monitoring to, to, us. Yeah, yes. to my government yeah. conspiracy thing—it's yeah. just so confusing. Okay, you know, w- what what percentage of folks—and we meet some pretty motivated ones. Okay, if you ask them the question, so what was your federal tax bill last year? They, they're going to say well, I got $100 back or $5,000 back right. or I had to pay 200 No, right. that wasn't a question. You know, on, on the second page of your federal tax return, there's a line there someplace that says, here's your tax bill. Total tax due. Do, do, yeah. do you know what that is? And by the way, you got one of those in your Massachusetts tax too. All yeah. right? How, you know, what percentage of people Okay, do that. Okay, so by the way, just as this is, let's take a stab in the dark here. Hey, there's a $150 gift certificate to the first person who calls this show, okay, to a restaurant of your choice. If you can honestly call us and tell us your tax bill without peaking, peaking. and and we'll never know, and we'll have a little fun, and and we'll get your take on taxes and how you feel about that. Okay. Okay, 781 837 4900 if you're in Marshfield. And if you're in the Merrimack Valley, well, just think about this, or <laughs> you can't call us right now. But anyway, uh, yeah, it, we'll, we'll have some fun with that. So, the, the inflation thing is even worse. Okay, that the taxes just affect your income. That remember that component of your well, mostly. Okay, okay. Uh, the, the inflation really does a number on your income. And your capital, and your capital is the biggest number. You know, if you've got $100,000 in that magical, wonderful investment, 3% a year for the next you know, 10 years, it spends like 60 when, you, when you're compounding it. How do you, how do you live if, if you don't keep up with that, okay? And so, so here's the, the macroeconomic super point that I'm going to make here, okay? Um, if you're already wealthy enough to live happily ever after on just the income that's guaranteed from your investments. Okay. Congratulations. Okay. You're in great shape. Okay. But if you don't already, but by the way, if you already have all the wealth you need, okay, if you don't keep up with inflation and taxes going forward, it's going to start shrinking. Right. Okay. Okay. uh, If for some reason or other, like Probably the vast majority of people listening to us here. You don't already have all the money you need to, to live in retirement. You've got to grow your money, okay, to get to a place. Okay, here's the, here's the mandate, okay? Okay, your money has to earn more than taxes and inflation take away from you for you to become wealthier or to preserve your wealth. End of story. Let me say that again, folks, okay? I believe that people who are investors have a moral and financial obligation to themselves and their family to at least earn as much as taxes and inflation are taking away from you on your money. But by the way, if you do that, you're in the same place now. So if your retirement's 5 or 10 or 15 years, you can't be in the same place now. You've got to earn more. Okay, and so I, I believe in investors have a moral and financial obligation to themselves and their family, okay, to earn more than taxes and inflation take away from you on your investments so that you can live happily ever after and, and keep up with the Joneses and be whatever you're going to do some way down the line. Okay, the, the last part of that is you can't do that in guaranteed investments. Okay, so so a second multi macroeconomic point here, right? You know, write this down, folks, okay? It, it, it's pretty simple, okay? Uh, for the rest of your life, whenever you hear the word, the G word, <laughs> okay, associated with an investment, yeah. okay, gu- guarantee, okay? Uh, I, I'm going to tell you that the chances of a guaranteed investment outpointing inflation and taxes between now and the rest of your life are weeny, teeny tiny. Mm-hmm. That's my professional uh, statement about that. Uh, and although it feels good and it feels warm and fuzzy, and I'm a conservative investor. i, I and by the way, in forty two years of sitting down and talking with investors, I think like, Three times people say I'm an aggressive investor. Everybody else, <laughs> yeah. says, I'm a conservative investor, and yeah. I, you know, I don't need much money to be okay in retirement. I mean, right? Absolutely. Agreed. Everybody, Agreed. Feels, right? Yeah. yeah. In your 20 years, or you, you see that? Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Whatever. Okay. So anyway, so okay, so I, I think I can finish up. Taking a break here uh, on the two risks.
1: Well, you want to be conservative, yeah. but, you, but you still want to make money. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, well, let me think about that. So, yeah. so that's why this is entirely, be braver or be poorer. Right. I, I'm sorry. Okay. And some people. Comfortably, get poorer. Okay. One more point. I'm not done here. So, so, um, so let's think about this. So, you, you, I'm sitting across the table from a person who says, "I'm okay." Uh, by the way, let's let's use a real number. Uh, uh, a thirty-year Treasury bond, guaranteed no risk for the next thirty years. Uh, on August the fourteenth of 2022, take a guess. Oh well, I saw it. <laughs> oh, 312 percent. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's just use three percent. Three percent. All right. So, so if <clears throat> if uh, if a person has a uh, hundred thousand dollars, let's just make it easy for Nest Egg, okay? Uh, and three percent. If you're happy with it, okay. Uh, if we have three percent inflation, okay, and taxes for the rest of your life, mm-hmm. okay. Well. You, you don't mind the three thousand dollars a year shrinking by three percent you, you'll mind in a few years when inflation catches up with you but okay, your capital is shrinking and you're going to end up taking more of it so so if you're if you're not earning more than taxes and inflation take away from your your investment capital you've got to take more out of there to keep up and it's shrinking okay so so folks if you're in the withdrawal stage of your life if you're not keeping up with the taxes and inflation your investment capital is guaranteed to shrink over time and if you're okay with that as long as you don't run out of money before you run out of life uh, i'm perfectly fine If, if people do the math and say i'm spending my investment capital i don't care about my kid's inheritance and i can't outlive it if you're comfortable going to bed with that every night on that as long as you understand it and you're aware of it I think that's a perfectly reasonable decision sort of a thing and we can and and that's something we can help people with and we we know some folks who are very comfortable we can can do that we had that meeting a couple days ago okay in our our office to do it and those persons were comfortable and they can afford to do that and we told them that okay and and so every year for the rest of our the time we know those folks we're going to show them a smaller amount of money okay and they're okay with that because they 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 had the information to make an informed and reasonable decision about their finances we're perfectly good with that me i got a problem with that okay uh-huh. and probably a lot of people do given the circumstances and so that's kind of setting the stage for the next two risks that okay. we have to talk about okay i'm sorry folks taxes and inflation are absolutely positively without question cumulative over cumulatively over time your biggest risk risk to financial success, uh, said differently, lifestyle and what it looks like are, now and the future. They are guaranteed risks. And, and, and I I believe they are guaranteed risks. One for sure is, and the other is just about mm-hmm. sort of a thing. And so so those are two, okay, of the biggies, which is why I started with them, okay. Right.
1: So it's kind of a yeah, we'll and we'll get yeah. So it's kind of a pick your poison kind of a thing, uh, pick, right? Pick, pick your poison. By, by the
0: way, we'll, yeah, we'll talk, is, we'll talk about the other yeah, ones here. It, there, yeah. By yeah. the way, there is not a magical investment, okay, that can defeat or deal with all of those risks. You got to pick and choose sort of a thing, and that's kind of the when we get into the weeds here, we'll get into some specifics about that. But yeah, n- folks no perfect investment. Nothing's perfect. You know, pick and choose where you want to go with that. Okay. All right. Let's get to those really, really scary investment risks that I kind of have to laugh at, to be perfectly okay. honest with you. F- folks, uh, one other um, thought about risk. Okay. If you don't understand how the investment world works generically and, and, and you know, big picture wise, if you don't know you know, what's involved uh, in investing and how it works, of course, it's going to be scary. And of course, you're going to be, you know, be be conservative and not know some things. Okay. And so, you know, the, the, the biggest thing about risk is the more you get educated about what the risks are, probably the more differently you feel about it and probably the better off you're going to be so so we're going to get into the two stock market risks by the way which also apply to the bond market but we'll get to Mm -hmm. that as well but not to anywhere near a degree if you will okay but but you know please remember that okay education and experience that's one of my macroeconomic points at the end here which might not be today uh, but education and experience okay are what you need to fully understand and deal with risks. And by the way, the more of each of those that you have, I think the better shot you have at being a successful investor over time, okay? Which is why we're doing this radio show here. Mm-hmm. Alrighty, so, all right. Let's see, quote, the catastro- I'm making this up. The catastrophic risk for stock and bond investors is that a company goes out of business and goes to zero. Catastrophic. We yep. could jump up and down and rant and rave about that for the next hour, I suppose. It'll be about 10 minutes, maybe. But anyway, so default. Worst case scenario. Yeah, worst case scenario. Okay. <clears throat> so, example, from a bond and a stock perspective here, okay? I'm a stockholder in ABC uh, oil drilling, whatever. Um, I buy the stock at whatever shares, and two years later, ABC goes out of business, goes to zero default whatever i paid from my shares is gonzo okay now stockholders take that risk mm-hmm. when a company goes out of business i'm done i lost that investment that that's a catastrophic risk well if you own one stock right. okay sort of a thing Right. by the way if you're a bond holder and what was it? One, two, three, or ABC oil drilling? I forget what I called it. ABC anyway, think, yeah. if you If you're or XYZ, a, I, don't I forget know. XYZ. If if you're a bondholder yeah. in that same company that goes out of business, hey, you might have a prayer of getting some of your money back because okay, you, you're you, you're in line for whatever's left over. Right. As part of the okay. part of the li- liquidation yeah, process. Liquidation, yeah. yeah. We, we bondholders, we get some of our money back maybe if they have any left, given the circumstances. Well. Well, you could lose it all. You, you might get back half of it. I mean, it, it it's unknown. Okay. Right, yep. Okay. So, so for both, okay, uh, stock and bond investors, okay, the default of the company that you either own or lent your money to, okay, is a catastrophic risk. Okay, and I can tell you a few stories personally with clients I've been over the years, okay, in terms of your life and your finances. Catastrophic, okay? I, I got to laugh. It's like the easiest thing on the planet to deal with, okay? And it's like a no-brainer. Uh, and, you know, it, it's simple, folks. If If you have a catastrophic risk of your company going out of business, I'm thinking maybe you ought to own a couple thousand different companies, uh, yeah. okay? Yep. And, and maybe it ought to be, you know, more than just the United States. Uh, there's a few other pretty nice companies around the world. You're probably driving a car or owning a, a, a technical electronic device that, right. that is made by one of those companies, okay? You know the in in our portfolios, and we, we're not unique. But in our portfolios, folks own what three, four, five thousand companies mm-hmm. with, with with like five different mutual funds, right? I and mean, and yeah. same thing applies to the bonds. Yes, same with bonds. Okay, same so thing, yeah. so so if you're a stockholder and you have more risk. I'm thinking it's a little less risky if you own five thousand companies. <laughs> what, are, what are the chances of five thousand companies going out of business tomorrow? Okay, but, you know, we we kind yeah, of we,
1: it, we, kinda, we, we yeah. sort of joke about it, not not really, but it's yeah. like, but if that, it, it if, is a joke, for, I'm i mean, sorry. but for that to happen, yeah. I mean, right? Yeah. We, we've got bigger
0: problems. Yeah, what your money's right? worth ain't, ain't the problem. We've got bigger problems. Yeah, if, yeah. You're that, hiding in the if basement, that comes to pass. praying for the end of you know, praying right. for whatever. Right. Okay, so right. yeah, so so it, it's like those things are so catastrophic. We waste time thinking about. It. It's like nuclear war. We waste i thinking about it. I, what's the point? Right. You know, it, it hasn't happened. Hopefully it never does. And if it does, it doesn't matter. Right. Okay. Right. So anyway, so folks, newsflash. Okay. The major catastrophic risk of being a bondholder or a stockholder in one company goes away if you own a bunch of them. Okay. You know, if you have 5,000 companies and one disappear and you have $100,000 invested in all of those companies... Yeah, what do you done a buck? <laughs> you know, two bucks. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Did, did your life change, sort of a thing? I, uh, it, you know, the and the macroeconomic point is that, folks, ninety nine point eight percent of the folks listening to this show should not own individual stocks. Well, I own ten of them. Oh, good. Well, if one of them goes out of business, can you, can you afford a ten percent in your retirement account? Yeah. Whatever. Okay, it is so simple. It 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 boggles my mind. Okay. <clears throat> I'm 74 years old and have never owned an individual stock in a company. Yeah. I made it this far. I st- yeah. Okay. No, I N- think ne- Never. And yeah. I was a stockbroker for three years. Right. I want you to remember right. that. Okay? Never. Okay? Uh, and Warren Buffett, I I forget the quote. And I, 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 oh, gosh. But uh, when I was doing the quote show from famous investors... I'll see uh, if I can uh, find uh, it. A couple give me, weeks gave ago. S- with give me a hint. Yeah. Okay, but Warren Buffett said that buying, uh, that buying mutual funds, th- this is not the exact quote, but this is the substance of it, okay? Uh, th- that's for people who don't know anything about investing, okay? Uh, and, and and then the, the, the true investors have to do the research and work and analyze their companies, yeah. okay? And do the work to do that, okay? And, and he basically said, look, anybody that can't do that work, okay, should own mutual funds, and those are for people who aren't investors and don't know anything, okay? I'm on board with that. That's yeah, <laughs> that that just works. Those people will only get market returns. They won't beat the market. Right. Well, I think our investors could live with that. How about you? You know, given the circumstances. Yeah. I, I, the quote was you know like only wussies own mutual funds or something like that. I mean, <laughs> re- really, okay. <laughs> and I think that's great. That's a per. That's just perfect. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> You know, we read about all these wealthy people, okay, who have made billions of dollars owning one company. Yeah, well, what percentage of Americans is that? And did we read about all the ones that went out of business right. and aren't here? Yeah, you don't, no. you don't hear about, no. you don't hear about no. the bad no, 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 stories. No. Yeah. Okay, so, so, you know, if you're an investment w- wussy, okay, or whatever, okay, <laughs> own mutual funds and exchange-traded funds and, and earn market returns, which most people would be very happy about for the rest of their lives, and get rid of that default risk. Okay, eliminate it. I'm sorry. Let's see if, uh, if, you know, we officially say it's, it's not guaranteed that you can't lose all your money if you have th- 5,000 companies. Okay. All right, it's not guaranteed. Can't say that. Yeah, yeah. But what's, what are the chances, you know, and, and do you want to worry about it and spend your time? So, so the, the catastrophic risk to stock and bond investors goes away if you own bunches of them, go to sleep. Have a big one. Don't don't worry about it. Okay, have a nice one. Okay. All right, last risk. Okay. The, the four major risks on the planet, okay, to financial investors. Volatility. This is my favorite, favorite, favorite one. Okay, so the the official definition of volatility goes something like, well, this is uh the fluctuation in price of a thing mm-hmm. or an asset we'll call it okay mm-hmm. uh and so you know if you own a mutual fund that invests 100 percent in the standard and poor's 500 i.e the u.s stock market well if you paid uh, 10 bucks for that today tomorrow it's probably not worth 10 bucks might be worth 1002 might be worth 998 and two years from now <clears throat> might be worth uh, 15 or it might be worth seven kind of a thing. So, so go ahead. What do you got there? Well, you might,
1: I just thought you might get a chuckle out of this. This this is just the, uh, you know, the definition of volatility from, uh, you know, just from the dictionary, right? That that pops up. Um, and so, you know, number one liability to change rapidly and unpredictably Especially for the worse. Uh
0: huh. Okay. So that's,
1: so perfect. So that's number one. Per- perfect. No, number n- <coughs> number number two. Number two is is more of a a, a science uh, definition. Oh, good. Technical. But, but, stuff. but I think you'll still think it's funny. Yeah. Uh, tendency of a substance to evaporate <laughs> at normal temperatures. <laughs> <laughs> but I just thought it was funny. You know, the word. Yeah, that, we the, don't want to use that. they one. used the word evaporate. Yeah. We though, don't want to use yes. that. One. Anyway. That was a scientific uh, <laughs> definition.
0: Okay. So so let's go into this. Um, Okay, so uh, you buy your mutual fund that invests in the Standard and Poor's five hundred, and it's ten dollars. Uh, you're you're new to the investment world. You're a rookie. You, you you maybe don't have a a lot of education, and maybe it's the first time you've done that, and that's okay. And you're all excited uh and then you look at your statement a year later you're probably looking at it every month folks but but you look at your statement a, a year later or whatever time later and it's like six dollars a share okay well that's that's a 40 percent volatility number negative mm-hmm. volatility um and so m- most folks would look at that and be pretty pretty nervous and pretty scared and uh Well, I'm not going to say should be, because if they're educated, they probably wouldn't be. But uh, that's a a pretty frightening thing. Well, this is my nest egg. You know, if you're 62 and you did that, okay, this is my nest egg. I've got to retire in three, four years. So, you know, whatever's going on here. Um, So, unfortunately, if you didn't have the education or the experience about how the standard and poor's uh, 500, what the volatility range was on that probably sell it okay and never go back okay or 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 or, and that that happens unfortunately probably more often than not so if you bought it for 10 and it is temporarily down to six and you sold it you just turned volatility into loss okay volatility of a price of something is not a loss Or a profit, by the way, unless you make it so. Okay, so so volatility is just volatility, and we'll get to some specifics about that, okay? uh, And, you know, for for the time I've been in this business, have you ever got any complaints about upward volatility? (laughs) (laughs) I can't say that I have. (laughs) Okay, me me neither. Okay. Uh, and, and so anyway. Wait a folks, second. This stock yeah, is going up yeah, way too yeah, fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't like it. I'm yeah, nervous, this, right? This is fun. Yeah, is yeah, fun. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're right. So, so folks, uh, we'll, we'll get to why that's actually not a problem when we get to the stock part of this thing, which is probably not going to happen t- this morning, but that's okay. Uh, so uh, the, the the I'll give you a hint. Okay, so uh, stock prices always go up over the long run because companies make more money, folks. That's how it is. Uh, and so, uh, the, the, well, let's just, this, this is important to make the point here. So, each company has an intrinsic value about what it's really worth. If you do the math and look around and say, yeah, mathematically and scientifically, it's worth 10 bucks a share. Okay. Well, in the real world, sometimes people get greedy and buy lots of stuff because they're excited and maybe it goes to 12, even though it's worth 10. Or in the real world, people get catatonic, and the world comes to an end every three, four years, and maybe it goes to six, okay? And so the, <clears throat> the real intrinsic price gets batted around, depending on what's going on in the real world, temporarily, okay? But the intrinsic value of that company is always going to grow if it makes some money. So, by the way, so if it's 10 now... And the volatility is forty percent up and down. Okay, just yep. just uh, yeah, yeah, make a number. Okay, well, but if ten years from now the price is forty dollars and the volatility is up and aren't you ahead of the game with right. the interest? You are. Right. Okay, so the, the the volatility around stocks. Is just m- movement around what it's really worth caused by humans being, right. being greedy and yeah. fearful. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, so like yeah.
1: I, I <clears throat> you know, I, I've seen, you know, I've seen, you know, easy little pictorials of that, right? Yeah. Where they show, yeah. you know, if you show a straight line, right, going from left to right, you know, with an even slope heading up, yeah. that's yeah. the intrinsic value, yeah. hopefully, yeah. right, yeah. of a company of a, of a good successful company. Yeah. Yeah. But then you see the line bouncing up and down above around the line based on price fluctuations, just based on people buying and selling. You know, greed and fear. Greed and, and fear. fear. Yeah. yeah,
0: absolutely. So, yeah. so we mess around with that in our minds for whatever reasons, for whatever thinking, good or bad. Right. Okay, uh, and, and my point is, as long as... And, and when... Holy cow! This is going too fast here. Mike's, right. Mike's momentum just keeps getting. Yeah, I'm sorry, Mike. Yeah. I'm just following the clock. Well, don't let it happen again. I...
1: Okay. <laughs> All right. You're listening to McNamara Money. Uh, the topic is your investments: be brave or be poor. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right
0: back.